On this week's edition of the Rift Rewind, TSM is 2-2. Two and two. Is this a bad start for the team, or is there hope for double lift and TSM as the summer split continues? Then, young talent shines in the LEC as Rogue and Mad Lions are tied for first. Which team is developing the best talent? Those topics and more as the Rift Rewind starts now. Good vibes, everybody. Thanks for joining us here on the Rift Rewind. This is our ESPN Esports League of Legends program. You can watch this live on Twitch, on the ESPN app, on Twitter, as well as on YouTube. You can also hear us in podcast form wherever you pick up your podcast, Apple, Android, Spotify. We are everywhere for the Rift Rewind and... Uh, the last week was a lot of fun. We experimented a little with the format. We're going to continue to do that. And also a quick announcement. I know that we've been getting this a lot, particularly in the chat. Uh, people were wondering, hey, League of Legends content, he kind of left us hanging on the trivia front. We were having fun on Friday nights, coming by, playing some trivia. We have an announcement about that. So because Monday Night League moved to Friday Night League, uh, that sort of obviously impeded on plans to keep trivia on Friday. So what we're going to do starting next week is we're actually going to move trivia night to immediately after Rift Rewind. That's the news. That's a long day. It is. That's, that's we a did long, it. long day. It is. It is. Get, but some, get some sleep in the morning, folks. However, a, Tyler, this does not sleep. absolve you from uh, your trash talking and trying to win. Like, don't make this an excuse that you can't win trivia. Don't be, like, don't be like, I'm tired. I failed because I'm tired. It's tiring. You have to talk for an hour and a half on the Rift Rewind. Then you have trivia. My brain's already going to be so mushy. And, like, it's going to... I don't know if I'm going to be able to, you know, keep up. Like That sounds like is, John to me. I mean, Friday night, you know, that was our only show on Fridays. We could have focused... You know. Wait, it wasn't my only show. Yeah, my Emily, Emily was winning, yeah. winning yeah. Ter- yeah. trivia while after no. the LPL show, so you don't have after much to think, like hosting up. hosting her own show for an hour <laughs> and then proceeding to uh, proceeding to create so, in trivia. Okay, so that's what's going to happen is it's going to move to Tuesday nights. It's going to come on pretty much at like say like eight oh five Eastern. We'll get take like a five minute break between Rift Rewind and trivia. <laughs> But for you trivia fans out there, that's where basically we all play together. You in the chat join us. So it's a lot of fun. But we are here right now uh, to break down the week that was and look forward to everything League of Legends competitive. Uh, we started last week with with our loves and hates. We're going to do that uh, every week. We're at least going to try to do that every week. And basically the premise of that is we all pick one thing we loved and one thing we hated from all around League of Legends competitive. Uh, and so we're going to do that. We're going to start with uh, what we loved. Uh, Jacob, let's start with you. What did you love this past week from League of Legends Competitive? I feel like Chad is going to call me a hypocrite. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I will I will say my love. Uh, my love is FlyQuest giving uh, MASH another shot. Don't MASH me is, is back. It's been a while, though. And I think the reason I said I think Chad will call me a hypocrite is because uh, I was really harsh on Potluck, obviously, who got his shot on Immortals. But honestly, like I think there's different reasons for why FlyQuest is making this move versus uh, and putting him back in over Turtle versus what was going on with Immortals. And I like I'm actually pretty happy with the fact that FlyQuest is doing this. I do have a little bit of information worth sharing relative to what uh, is going on with their AD carry position. So they actually were one of the teams in the double lift race. 
uh, in the midseason. Um, it was, it was them, it was Golden Guardians, and it was, uh, TSM. And TSM obviously ultimately won that out. I think, I mean, he wanted to go there no matter what. Uh, sort of money was put down on the table. Um, but yeah, I, I, overall, like, they certainly are looking to sort of, uh, change what they're doing in the bot lane. And I think that giving him a shot, uh, giving Mash a shot, and him making good on it, by the way, which is why, why I loved it. Um, is actually really special because it, unlike Potluck, in my opinion, all the organizations that MASH has played for, um, most of them are not good. Like, if I remember the teams right, Team Impulse, Team Coast, right? Like, two, Team Impulse was banned from the LCS for not paying their players, right? And, and other mismanagement issues. Team Coast was no, like, you can ask anyone who's been around the scene long enough to tell you many, many stories about Coast. Uh, I did my fair share of reporting on them back in the day, too. So, like, but by all accounts, like, FlyQuest is a pretty well-run org. So, finally, like, MASH has, like, some solid support system around him, and he's getting a shot, which I'm I'm all for that. So that's Jacob's love. Emily, what did you love this past week? Volibear. We saw Volibear top. <laughs> Um, I was really excited to see it. I wanted to see how teams used it. I don't think, um, I don't think teams have quite figured out how they want to use Volibear. Obviously, Volibear is a really strong laner. So, um, that's something that you have to take into consideration. And then it's just about how to fit him in in team fights because some of his like flanking and entry points and what he can contribute to a team fight is a lot different. Um, just last night I saw, you know, who like JDG have been struggling a bit, but uh, you know, Zoom played Bolivar top, and you could see that he even he was trying to figure out how to um set up team fights for his team. So I I don't think like even some of the best teams right have necessarily figured out how to use Bolivar top to like the maximum efficiency. But I was super happy to see LCS teams uh giving it a shot, giving it a try. We saw some some interesting Volibear performances. Uh, on the whole, I think CLG used it pretty well, actually, which is, uh, I mean, we've dunked on CLG a lot, I guess, but uh, the the way they used it was pretty good. And um, then you have that TSM comp, which didn't use it as well. I, I just think I'm really glad to see that people are trying out the pick, um, especially when sometimes... NA teams can be a bit more resistant to not trying new things. Uh, I was happy to specifically see it come out in the LCS. And we'll see how good of a pick it is down the road, but I really like the experimentation with it. At least we'll see it for the foreseeable future. We've been seeing it a lot. So, uh, Tyler, what was your love this past week? Love the LCK opening, LCK, OG and Champions, what have you. Since the beginning of League of Legends, not even League of Legends, since the inception of esports in South Korea, since the days of Brood War, StarCraft Brood War, the golden age of esports artists, StarCraft, a beauty. Back then, OGN Champions <laughs> Korea has always had these amazing intros. You know, the music, the legacy the it gets you excited to watch the games before the games even happen. It's how I got into esports in the first place. I had no clue what esports was, but I saw these Korean hype videos, these intros, and they got me wanting more. This video that LCK has put on is one of their very best, maybe of all time when it comes to intro videos 
of this nature, they brilliantly thought, hey, we're in a global pandemic. We're probably not going to be able to get all these players together at one point doing, you know, our usual video shoots where, you know, they're, you know, running around to music in the background. It's this grand, this grand, you know, uh, production. So they, you know, uh, they probably either in, in within Riot Korea or they outsourced to another animation, animation company. They made this amazing video where you just see the depth of legacy that this league has. And that's where LCK is at its best, when it's highlighting its legacy from Faker on his throne to the challengers in the broken battlefield of LCK trying to do their best to have a chance to fight the king himself. Then at the end with Faker with in his Azir helmet as the sand shoulders, you know, bust out going towards, you know, the challengers. It's like, now I want to watch some League of Legends. This is, it gets you excited to watch League of Legends. And it's why when people talk about the LCS production of like, I, uh, preferably double it, like, specifically double it, like this past mm-hmm. weekend basically said, oh, uh, basically our entire show's a joke. We make fun of everything. We're a clown fiesta. What's the point? When you're made fun of and joked about and seen as this jokey region, and then your own production makes fun of that. It doesn't fill people with excitement to watch your games. Where compared to LCK, it's like you watch this intro and you're like, this is it. Even though LCK and LCS have had exactly the same international results the last two years, they are exactly the same. Actually, NA's been to a final more recently internationally than Korea. But when you watch the video and how the production staff uplifts kind of the league's prestige, it kind of shows you why LCK, LCK is treated as a real deal. It's treated as something serious, where LCS is treated like a joke. And even though the results are very similar the last two years, people still see LCK as this grand, you know, league that's prestigious and great, even when it's not, but it still seemed like that. And it's, you know, one of the reasons because of this intro. It's beautiful, and it really shows the legacy and the prestige of the league. I know I wanted to go through everyone's loves and hates, but there's an expression on Emily's face here that I just feel like you want to interject here. So to to uh, comment on what Tyler just said. I have like a lot of interesting things to say about the LCK opening, but um, the the thing that I wanted to counter is that um, I I agree. The the difficult thing is I agree with a lot of the broadcast issues, which I already talked about last week. Um, but the LCS came out with a really cool animation for their opening that's actually, like, very cute and fun uh, and has a lot of, like, really cool hidden Easter eggs in it that they did, like, not as the LCS opening, but as, like, a precursor to the LCS season that's, like, really fun. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there because there actually is a really cool animation that people should be talking about that was done for the LCS. That's like basically someone getting up and getting ready to watch LCS. And it's like really cute and really fun. And there's a ton of like cool call outs to LCS history in it. Um, the thing I want to say about the LCK opening though, that I found really impressive uh, outside of the, like nar- the narrative is kind of, um, I think it says a lot that the LCK, that is still their narrative, even after, like, Faker was sitting on a throne back in, what, 2014? Yeah, uh, and that's still the narrative. Um, but the the thing I did want to bring up uh, was that it's a really good solution to uh, filming in COVID-19, right? Because you, you do, cannot necessarily get 
players to actually come together to film these things uh, due to capacity restrictions. Um, and so I thought it was a really clever way of using tools that you, you do have to create something that's still like really unique and really special. And like Tyler said, really representative of the league um, while still like following those guidelines, like, to use an anime reference, like, it reminded me of a really good cost-cutting episode where, like, you don't have a lot of time or, or resources or maybe you only have, like, two key animators that you're outsourcing it, but you somehow come up with something really original and unique through cinematography or framing or whatever to, to make something really special. That's actually what the LCK remind, oh, opening reminded me of the most. My Nadja fan said, uh, asked em- Emily how many LCS fans actually get all of those Easter eggs, mm. which is a fair point. I actually but... have encountered, uh, hold on, I, I just, have, I've encountered a lot of people who are very new to LCS, far more than you may think, in terms of like, they've only been watching them the last like year or two, or even the last three, mm-hmm. and they're so like, whereas the LCK feels like, like, the fan base has grown for sure. But I feel like a lot of people have faded out of LCS, right, as, as fans and or just out of League of Legends in general who were LCS fans, right? And then there are new people that have come into the LCS, but they don't, like... How many people actually uh, remember the Dignitas at throwing at Baron thing? Like, the, that's, pretty, that's, pretty, that's pretty known. I mean, any Twitch chat you go in... They, they still bring it up on cast. Yeah, that, that's every cast. That's, that's very... No, no, no. I want to say the fans know what it is. They, like, know the statement, but they may not know why it's a thing, right? Like, they may not understand, like... There's a lot of fans, I bet, that, like, know, oh, Dignitas throws a Baron's a meme, but do they understand why it's a meme, right? Like, the events that happen in 13, 14, and 15 where, like, Dignitas actually threw a Baron all the time. Right, like, and- I mean, I think the, the counterpoint to that is that you're, for regarding LCK fandom, um, I think the fan turnover rate is relatively the same for the Korean fan base. The English fan base is always, always going to be different because, you know, it's going to be, uh, yeah. it's going to be like diehards watching it year after year. There's a, there's a good point in chat, uh, from Knights. Fiend that says broadcast needs to move on and develop new storylines. I agree with that. There, there are a yes. lot of good. There are some storylines to focus on, and I think we're gonna dive into this part of that. There is a part of that statement that I believe Tyler and I share a hate on. Yeah. So we're gonna wait for that for just a second. I have one more point on the. Go the, ahead, please. My only thing is, I do think the little intro video that they did for the LCS, the animated video, was really good. But I do think it harkens back to my point of everything about LCS is a joke. It's funny. It's colorful. We're a far fun region. I think Doublest Words are like, let's, we just had C9 destroy everyone. We have Blabber, who I think is a world-class jungler. I've said this many times. It's like, Reaper thinks he's the best early game jungler in the world. We should be hyping these guys up. We should be talking about Licorice and Blabber. Instead of making him a little silly fish, you know, in an animated video, you should be hyping up these guys' legacy. You should make them feel bigger than life. You want to make NA feel proud of their champions and get them hyped up to see Cloud9 destroy everyone. And then you just have this little cute little video, and you have more fun stuff, and more fun stuff, and more first fun stuff. And it gets you this feeling of, like, LC- LCS, we're the four fun region. You know, always the fourth region, never never any better. Where I do wish we had more legacy building in, in LCS. And we've, done, and, the, and we've done some great stuff with them before. My, uh, and, and, and to that point, it wasn't helping to have 
for example, Sushi Dragon segments before the actual games themselves. Yes, those are which bad. leads which leads to my what I love this past week. They have found the correct use for Sushi Dragon on the broadcast. For as much as I complained about how much I didn't get, because that was my first introduction to Sushi Dragon. Uh-huh. Going back to what Jacob was saying, I'm one of those people. I picked up the LCS much later than everybody else here. And so I'm still picking up the memes and I'm still picking up the meanings for certain things. And I hadn't been introduced to Sushi Dragon until last week's broadcast. And I didn't think his vibe fit with the pre-show or those placements and those segments where his vibe does fit is the post-game show is the after party exactly what tyler said how there was a giant after party after the lcs uh uh, spring split finals last split and sushi dragon was at the forefront that's great give me that in place as the bud light lounge or whatever right give me that as the post-game show as the post-game party that's where it belongs. I do think that he is very talented at what he does in terms of producing on the fly and putting everything together. Some people may not find him as funny as other people. However, he does have a place on the broadcast, and it's after everything has concluded. I agree with that. I don't want to see him before the games are complete. But I, think- I understand his merits. I went, I, you know, I have uh, always complained about musicians coming on before the actual games, whether that be DJ Khaled at the Overwatch League or Corella at ESL One New York three years ago. Like, yeah, I, like it always, it always makes the schedule. It usually, th- it usually throws the schedule off. I like, I'm glad they moved it. Um, I would rather watch the games and then like relax, uh, you know, or whatever, like hang out and listen to music after the fact than I would before beforehand. So. I, I don't disagree. All right. What did we hate this week? That's Those are the things we loved from uh, League Competitive this past week. What about what we hated about LOL Esports? Jacob, what did you hate? Uh, I hate Misfits inconsistency. I like the Misfits roster, and I have a lot of faith in them more generally. But I hate so how inconsistent they have been just generally. Like, at the end of last split when they started to get up better as a team, too, like, I want this team to succeed. I want to continue to talk about them in playoffs. But, like, they'll win one game, you'll be like, wow, this team has a really good shot at, like, being a playoff team and actually taking some, you know, taking probably not G2, but others to games and, and you know, like, have some faith. And then they lose to somebody else, and it's just like, uh, like, what what's going on? And, it, it yeah, it bothered me this past weekend uh, in particular because, like, we saw them run over SO4, and then we just saw them get creamed by SK. And, like, SK, again, we don't really know the barometer of them. But, yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, in my opinion, it should have been an easy 2-0 week for Misfits. Uh, they should have should have beat SK, and they should have beat SO4. They're better than both those teams. Um, and it bothers me that they are such such an inconsistent team right now. And I hope that it doesn't continue throughout the rest of the split. I also like that your hate rhymes. Misfits inconsistent. I like that. Well, 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 good wording there. Sort of. Anyway, there you go. Right, we're gonna we're gonna move on. If you're listening to us in podcast form, there was a lot of cringe faces from the rest of the he panel the there. Shot, but we're gonna he took the we're shot. gonna we're gonna he go took... ahead. Emily, what what did you hate this past week? Um, I don't know if it's a hate. I was torn between this and picking on Fnatic for picking Soraka for both of their matches this past weekend. Soraka bought. 
Um, and I think it's easier to do a composition with Starkabot for more than a few reasons, specifically your mid lane pick. So I'm going to go over to TSM and their use of Fiddlesticks mid and tank Fiddlesticks mid. So you're, you're building a Spirit Visage, uh, Frozen Heart. Um, it was successful in one game, not as successful in the next. I think Fiddlesticks mid is something that I would expect to see, say, Joinbee picking up. I can see him playing this easily. Spirit Visage, Frozen Heart, Fiddlesticks, Mid. You're just perma-pushing and CCing people, and you're not dying. Um, but I think the thing with Fiddlesticks, Mid, and I actually talked to Bjergsen about this, so it'll probably be in the article uh, that I'm writing about TSM coming out, but he he did admit, first of all, that their drafting and SlyQuest sucked, but second of all, that... Uh, the the idea of Fiddlesticks mid is that he was watching top laners take it, and the pushing power that Fiddlesticks has is actually really huge. So ideally, you would be able to play this kind of join me style where you push out and then you are able to affect other lanes, or you're able to help your jungler because jungle right now is a very carry-heavy position, right? Like, you can actually take DPS jungler like a Kindred, like a Graves. Um, but I didn't, I didn't like the Fiddlesticks mid because I think it... There's just so many other things you have to do with your composition when you're giving up a, a mid lane like pressure like that, like a, a DPS mid laner. And I like Bjergsen on something that is going to have incredible lane control, but also just kind of sit in lane, right? And use it as a PowerPoint instead of necessarily roaming. Um, maybe, maybe TSM is going to keep switching it up and trying out new things, but. For their team, I did not like the middle sticks. But I would love to see FPX try it. So join me, it's all yours. <laughs> uh, our One of our producers, Daniel J. Collette, absolutely loves middle sticks. I think he oh, no. popped off Daniel, on Twitter. Come on. He, mem- remember when we had, uh, what was it, when we uh, when Frost Guren came on the show, uh, he had this whole thing on Twitter about how he was going to have a 1v1 uh, middle, sti- uh, middle sticks battle. And then Twitter, Frost absolutely yeah. f- just destroyed him on Twitter. Anyway, we can move on from that. She uh, probably destroy him in game. Well, she, she didn't. She destroy really all of us. She would yeah, destroy she all really of us. Does. Let's be honest. Uh, Tyler, what did you hate this past week? I hate the lack of competition C9 has in North America. Not to say I don't. I actually think NA has improved a bit. I think maybe the lower teams are. I think the lower teams are worse. I think the the upper echelon aside from C9 is better. But I don't see that team to really challenge C9. I thought maybe EG. I was like, ooh, EG looks really good week one. Like Bang looks on. Kuma looks much improved. Svenskaren, Dezuke, Zazel. This team might have the punch to face C9. And then C9 is embarrassed. C9 is just better. They're just better. They are, even with their, their their mistakes, they are more proactive, they're better players, they're mechanically better, they are better, they have better chemistry from every single point of the game. See, that's just better than every team in NA. It's it's kind of ridiculous comparing Blabber to every other jungler, because Blabber is repeatedly 100 CF over, he's flame horizing every single jungler he's facing, and it's, and it's like, how do you stop him? You... They're, they're, it's impossible because all his laners win lane. Even when they're losing, they knew how to lose gracefully, like Misky or Licorice. They know how to play the game proactively where they make mistakes, but they always take the bigger wins in the end. They'll lose small battles, but they usually win the war. And 
I'm not saying they're going to go 18, though. I'm not saying they're going to win the season perfect. I'm sure they'll drop a few games, maybe even more than two or three. But I don't see a team in the league that can really challenge them. And without MSI, without that real challenger to, like, really push them to get better in the summer, I worry about them going to Worlds. Because I do think even now they could be a top eight teams at Worlds. But to be that true title contender, to be that really world's contender that I know C9 wants to be. I do think they have the talent. I do think they have world-class players on their roster where if everything came to better, they could challenge for a world title. I don't think the LCS is good enough to push them there. I don't mm. think they're, the, the region is good enough where they can take L- take a really good, like an amazing LCS team, like maybe historically the best LCS team, and push them to be a world title contender. I just don't know if LCS is good enough. And it really disappoints me when I look around the league and I'm like, FlyQuest is a... They're fun, they're scrappy, they might finish second or third, but it's just like they're going to get destroyed by C9 when it comes down to it. And C9 needs that, just like G2 needs Fnatic, and Fnatic needs G2 to push each other, C9 has no one around them. And you look at TSM, and you look, it just, uh man, can we send them to Europe? Can we just, like, trade Schalke and, and C9? Yeah, that's and exactly what Nazar fan said in chat. He says, just trade C9 for Schalke. Yeah, and just, just, just let, them go to, like, let, them, let them go to Europe. Like, I would, I would like, <laughs> give them some actual competition to push them and get better. But, like, in NA, it's just, like, it's like a level 100 beating up on level let, 20s. It's, let me ask you something. I know this is, I'm veering off topic no way, here, but imagine, imagine a world just hypothetical, mm. completely fabricated here. Imagine Cloud9 did spend this split in the LEC. Mm. How much better would their chances at Worlds be? First of all, would they would they qualify for Worlds if they were in the yeah, LEC? I, I feel like they would be a top four team. I know there's a lot of fans who are going, no, NA sucks. They can't beat anyone. No, like I'm pretty sure, like even even European fan, like even most European pros will will see that, like yeah, Blabber is a crazy player. Like he out jungled Yankos and Tarzan in the early game at last year's Worlds. Like. He's a phenomenal talent. Like, Blabber in a league where he could be facing Yinkos and Xersei and Selfmade on a, on a regular basis, like, the team would explode. And, like, Sven, Niski, like, these players have all the potential in the world. And then you're putting them against, you know, these teams that just aren't very good in NA. You're putting so, them against Alltech, Gate, and Potluck. Yeah, you're putting them against Immortals. I think, I think <laughs> oh, the big dear. thing is that, like, they'd be tested, like, pretty much top to bottom. So even if they go in and they lose, like, a few games, that's actually really, really good for them. And it would, like, if they were able to make it into top four, it would significantly improve their chances at Worlds, I think, because they'd be a better overall team. They're not getting challenged in any right now. Yeah, and this leads exactly into my hate, just piggybacking off of what Tyler said. This really sank in with the CG versus CG, C9 versus EG matchup, uh, because... That was one where I was like, okay, I want to see if there's one team of maybe a couple in the LCS that maybe there was hope on paper at least or from recent performance that could actually give C9 a run for their money. It would have been evil geniuses, especially what they've been doing recently, how they made the playoffs last split, their performances in recent months. And then they just get completely wiped the floor with. It wasn't even close. It didn't even look competitive. C9 looked like they were just clearly the better team, as you would expect them to be, but by a wide margin. 
They play yeah. fast. They know how to play fast, and no one else in NA knows how to play fast. And I've talked to I talked to Nisky about this in a recent interview that I did last week, and his whole thing is that they went to Worlds last year. They were very hyped up. They're like, oh, yeah, we can make top eight. We can make semifinals. We did it the year before. We can do it again. And then they got smacked by teams like FPX and Damwon who were playing with – you know, this this careless abandon where, sure, you know, Showmaker would make a mistake, but then they would roll them over in the long run. And I think it was very similar to that, where they like they learned from that. And Niski is like, we need to play like these teams. And now you see them playing much like FPX. Like, you could call them a mini FPX by how they play because of how much Niski models himself after Doinby. And I think we saw with the TSM this past week where TSM and Golden Guardians and some other teams are trying to play like C9 and trying to play that FPX style, and they're not hitting the same notes like C9 are. This, these teams aren't as capable as playing the style that C9 is, and I applaud them for it, but I wish they had more teams to develop that against because beating up on NA teams is not going to make them ready for the real FPX at Worlds and better teams than FPX. So we're going to talk about C9 a little bit later. Let's go into some of our, and there is Emily writing, don't pick losing lanes versus C9. Yeah, I guess that's very, very good advice, evil geniuses. Maybe you should have thought of that because you definitely didn't make it seem like you would be able to compete with the top team in the LCS, at least in that past matchup. Let's see what happens in the future. All right, some topics to go through around the LCS. TSM are 2-2. Two and two. Are we hopeful? Are we doubtful that this team can... Uh, where are we with them? Is this a bad start? Is this uh, something that we shouldn't be concerned about? Will they finish with an above 500, below 500, straight-up record? Will they make the playoffs? How are we feeling about TSM right now, Jacob? If, if you uh, have known Barry Lee well enough uh, or long enough and well enough, you will uh, remember this meme. I feel like the sweaty Metagross meme that, that Barry used to share all the time It's just like, like wiping the sweat o- away from the brow, the sense that like we're still okay for now, but I feel like we're getting to the point where it's like a couple more messy losses. I'm gonna start to get a little bit more concerned. There's a little bit of sweat right here, right across my brow. If I'm I'm someone at TSM, and uh, that that's how I feel accurately right now. Is I don't think it's time to panic, but things are not looking so great. And and there maybe need to be some in-game adjustments, maybe not roster adjustments. But we're not we're not past the point of no return for this roster, but it is getting a little sweaty. So that that's my thought. So my my thing with TSM is that I think people with double lift rejoining were expecting them to immediately come out of the gate and just be like, We're, you know, summer two thousand sixteen TSM or we're two thousand seventeen TSM or we're just coming in, we're smoking everyone, just like TL did in the past two years, and it's gonna be great. Um, and the thing I've seen with this TSM team that I think really needs to be addressed when you look at their performances is their drafts. Um, and that's not to say like they draft poorly and they lose or they draft well and they win. That's not actually what this is about. It's that they've tried a lot of riskier things in draft. They've picked more difficult to execute compositions several times. Um, and you've seen that for example, like in week one, they pick difficult uh, to execute composition in their first game, lose. They pick a really easy composition to execute in their second game, and they win. This past week, they were testing out middle sticks in both of their games, um, one to success and one not to so much success because all the opposing team had to do is build MR. Um, I think the, the big thing is that it, it's not saying like TSM – you know, draft equals bad. It's that they're very obviously trying out a lot of things. 
And this is something that TSM has constantly done, actually, over the past few years. If you've talked to them, they've always been like, we're trying to find our identity. We're, we're trying out a bunch of different stuff. And that always runs up against the TSM classic we're going to invade second blue. We're going to play a very specific way in the in the mid game, um, and that always butts heads with it. Like they're they're trying to branch out, and then they just can't get past like a certain barrier. Um, and I actually I like the fact that they are trying to branch out, but I also think at the beginning of the split, you might just want to lock in some easy stuff as the team is still gelling and and coming together. Um, I don't think that they necessarily need roster changes. I actually think, in in my opinion, Spika has made some mistakes, but he's looked a lot better with the team than I expected of him, actually. Um, they seem to be really happy with him as a team, like the rest of the team talking to them. And so I think it's just a matter of, like, sometimes just pick an easy-to-execute comp. Just pick something where all everyone has to do is press R at the right time. Because you guys can do that, like, very easily you have the talent to be able to do that. And and sometimes that helps with just getting, like, team morale up, getting the community off your mm. back if that does affect you, you know? So, I mean, that's my take on TSM. I think you can very easily see from a lot of the compositions that they're picking that they're still trying to feel out, like, who they are. And I don't think that's a bad thing, but I do think that is also reflected in their win-loss record. So they could get better, and they could become a playoff team. No, oh, yeah, it's not for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. NA. Anyone could be a playoff team in NA. Or we could make a team. Make uh, it hold playoff. on we a second. We could not make a playoff team in NA. Wait I mean, just a second. I do believe that we, the four of us, with a fifth, perhaps a carry, maybe Gracie in the chat, can make a playoff <laughs> team. But there's one team that I'm sure chat would agree all hope has already been lost, and that is Immortals. <laughs> Yay! Immortals. Okay, wait, wait. I previously said, previously said this on a stream of mine regarding TSM. Hey, Immortals, I hear you're looking for a jungler. I'm a free agent. Hit me up. You know, you know how to get get to me. It's uh, yeah. This is uh, this is bad. This is no, bad. I don't, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think Potluck wants to go to TSM. <laughs> no, I'm just oh, kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding people. Also fine. Come on, man. I'm just kidding, people. Everything, okay, listen. Immortals is is they're tr- they're not actually. We'll get into. Let's get into our. Let's get into the segment. Let's get into the segment. So we're gonna play a game called Immortals General Manager Simulator. We're gonna go around the horn, and our three Let's esteemed go. panelists are going to put on their GM hat and they would act as the GM of Immortals and they'll make the decisions on how to improve this team and turn the summer split around. It's still early. Yes, the jokes are out of our system. Now we're taking this very seriously and we are saying, okay, we have been appointed the GMs. These are the moves that we would make in order to help Immortals make the playoffs. Everything is available to you. So uh, I'll go first. I'm gonna quit the job and take a job in Immortals Accounting. That's my that's my move. So I'm gonna become their director of accounting wow. and finances. I'm just kidding. I'm not participating. Emily, we're gonna start with you. You're the GM of Immortals. What are you doing? So what I'm doing is actually, I guess, kind of a risk, but I'm focusing on one very specific North American talent, and I'm going back to the idea that Xmithy and Soaz are my two. Um, like, you know, 
pillars of the team, right? Like they're the two veterans. I want them leading the team um, with the available people we have on this roster. I, I know that according to immortals based on performance, it's been all tech and gate. I want Apollo and Hakuho starting, but then I also want to give insanity a chance in the mid lane, which is, I think the thing that people would get the most mad about because, you know, uh, People usually get mad when you're giving any talent a chance or they don't give said any talent a chance. But I I would like to see how Insanity would do with the, like, Soaz, Ixmithy, like, you know, top side. And then Apollo and Hakuho, who are, like, in my opinion, a perfectly fine LCS bot lane. Like, they're not going to light the world on fire, but they're they're probably not going to cost you the game either. And see how Insanity does. Like, give him a shot, you know? Like, let's see. Let's just see. Like, it's not like, uh, you know, Ica performed, like, ridiculously well in spring. And if you're already just throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks, why not give Insanity a chance when he's surrounded by veterans that can help him at an LCS level? That's my solution. I don't know if they'd win, but I just want to see some more NA mid lane talent getting a shot. Okay. So we got some uh, good good thoughts there from Emily. Tyler, let's go with you. The GM hat is now being passed yeah. down. All right. So I look at Smithy and Soaz, and I think they're redundant together somewhat. I don't think you need both of them, especially when there's no actual young, like, carry talent on the team. So what I do is... You know, Soaz is probably harder to trade than Smithy, I would believe, especially since he's an import. He probably costs a bit. People aren't really looking for top laners in the LCS right now. So what I would do is I get Smithy, I go to TSM, and I lay down, and I'm like, here's Smithy. You want your, you know, your 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 supportive jungler that can just, you know, be just be on the, like, Bjergsen, and then Smithy's in his backpack, and Smithy just follows Bjergsen around and makes sure he gets into the late game alongside Doublelift. You get Xmithy, TSM, and then TSM gives them Evolved in return, because I think Evolved is a very good young talent. He's popping off in Academy right now. He's leading all mid laners and kills KDA. He looks very good on TSM Academy. You put Evolved onto the Mortals roster. Are they going to win Worlds? Are they going to make playoffs? Probably not. But finally, you have something to build around. You have a young talent where you can hopefully nurture. You have Soaz, who can, you know, maybe take him under his wing. You know, Soaz has played with Caps and younger mid laners before. Have Potluck. I mean, Potluck isn't great. He's not the the new Mike Young, so to speak, where everyone was like, oh, Mike Young's going to take over an LCS. But Potluck is fine. He's fine in his position. And you build around evolved. You want that young player that you can feel excited about. Because even if you look at Dignitas, right, we're not doing a segment on Dignitas. And Dignitas is equally as bad as Immortals, but they have John Sun. My man John Sun, who I've always been, I've been ride or die John Sun since the very beginning. Mm. And John Sun is really good. Even when Dignitas is losing, he looks amazing. And even when everything's going bad, at least the fans of Dignitas will be like, okay, we're building our own John Sun. John Sun's our future. We have something to look forward to next year. When you look at the Immortals roster right now, 
There's nothing to look forward to. There's no hope. It's just a barren wasteland. It's all veterans and, and, and talent that's been used over and time again. If you have evolved on the roster, at least you have hope. You can see maybe this new budding star get his first steps in the league and kind of grow from there. And then in, when 2021 comes around, when you're rebuilding again, you have evolved, more experience, has game time, and maybe you can make him something to build around and make a, a playoff team in 2021 with evolved as your star player. So that's why I do it's Smithy for evolved. Are you more the un, confident? The unintentional dunk on insanity there, by the way. I'm taking evolved as insanity. I'm taking evolved. <laughs> I'm taking Evolved. I'm going to take Evolved. I'm not saying Sandy's a bad player, but I don't think... Do you build a team around a Sandy? Do you see a Sandy as that ace player that you're building around from years from now? I don't know. I don't think so. But I do see Evolved as that kind of player where Evolved is very young. He's very new to the pro scene, far less than Sandy. He's popping off Academy in his first year as a pro. And I believe that he could be a building block for a team. So if I'm TSM and I'm Memorials, I'm like... TSM needs something more reliable. Immortals need something to look, you know, something to build upon. And I think Evolved is a player that can definitely be built upon, especially when Evolved is behind Bjergsen. He's never going to start in front of Bjergsen, especially when Bjergsen's owner of the team. So why not? Would Do you have more confidence in your John Sun MVP spring pick or your tactical MVP summer pick? I never said tactical MVP. I said top three in, in the top yeah, three all of pro. all pro. He said all pro. Okay, so, fair enough. Did he walk it back because of being so confident about John Sun in spring? I yes. wonder. I still love John. <laughs> John Sun's still really good. Yes, and, he is. And I think, and I think even with how bad the Dignitas is, I still think they have a lot more hope than Immortals, just because they have a very good diamond in the rough young, you know, AD carry they can build around into the future with impart slots opening up maybe next year. They have a future. Immortals right now, there's nothing to be excited about. You're not building around your future around Potluck or Apollo. They need something to get excited about, and I think if they could get evolved somehow through an Xmithy trade, then you're excited. You can go into history, esports and otherwise, and see how many teams started off poorly with an excellent prospect and ended up being world champions. So that definitely, like that's a very really good, good. player. He's a really good player. Jacob, you are now the general manager of Immortals. What are you doing? My two colleagues here are way too nice. And by that, I mean <laughs> burn the baguettes. Goodbye, Zabutin and Soaz and Ika. Get the hell out of this team right <laughs> no, now. No. Right now. Um, but the French I, fans. I, I would I would start with Zabatine. Um, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, Immortals has only been in the LCS for four months or five months." Um, no, like that. Like, yes, the organization has, but we know what Zabatine can do, and the optic teams are pretty awful, also. So, bye bye Zabatine, bye bye Ika, bye bye uh, bye bye Soaz. I have zero clue. I've said this on previous shows. Zero clue why Soaz and Ika are on this roster in the first place, particularly Ika, um, and, and that is not a smack on his character. Uh, but nonetheless, like even Soaz had a terrible 2019 with Misfits, and I understand his legacy as a player, and I respect that. But I don't think that they are the move right now. So in mid lane, so well, okay, so we'll start we'll start Rainbow here for a second. For coaching, I would call Cloud Nine, and I would call Evil Geniuses, and I would call Dignitas right now, and go, hey, would you be interested X number of dollars to give me either Westrice, Invert, or Artemis? Mm. And and all who are assistant coaches right now in, in their respective orgs, right? They are not the main head coach within their orgs. 
take any of them, any of them for any sum of money and, and bring them in to coach, coach this roster. Um, from there, I would go top lane. I actually would maybe potentially take a little bit of a flyer and try to get either Viper or, uh, Lorlo away from Dig. I think it's better than what they're dealing with now. Um, I don't know. Like, Alarim's okay. They could take the flyer on their own academy player, but I think Viper or, or, if we're talking short term, this is not going to be a team that wins worlds. This is a team that's not going to place 10th, in my opinion. Go get one of those players. And from there, the mid lane answer seems obvious to me, and neither of you mentioned it. Go get Golden Glue. Dude's oh, yeah. bench warming. Yeah. He's bench warming. He's hungry. He kind of, like, he's he an LCS get... caster for the moment. Yeah, he's an LCS caliber player, though. He was yes. not the re, like, like I said on, on our last show, DeMonte was supposed to go to Gold Guardians anyway and ended up signing with Dig for, for LCS level money, uh, in the offseason, right? And going back to Dig, he should have been on Golden Guardians anyway, and that's what they wanted to do, so they eventually got him. But Golden Glue's there, and like, I'd at least give him the shot. I'd promote Xpithy back. I would, I would try out Apollo and Hakuo because I'm not convinced, particularly about Gate, but Alltech either. I'm not, not impressed. And I'm someone who was a giant Alltech stan for years, um, as someone who is a big fan of his. But nonetheless, like, I, my, my faith has been worn, uh, in, in Alltech. I'm sorry, so, uh, there, Johnny. Um, but yeah, I would, I would, uh, definitely go that direction. Uh, yeah. But, Burn, this is, burn, burn immortals to the ground. So, so this is interesting because we have differing philosophies here, which is great, right? To, 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 to further the discussion here. Uh, some of you have said, go the young route. Give the people who haven't necessarily gotten a lot of LCS experience a chance or people who are clamoring for an opportunity. While the other side of it is you have some veterans on your roster and those, or in the system, I should say, and those that are available free agents out there bring them in. I wonder, in, in all seriousness, for Immortals moving forward, two-part question here. How soon do you think we will see a change, and what philosophy do you think they will take? Emily, can we start with you on this one? I mean, seeing a change, I feel like they've already been really open with the fact that they are very flexible in terms of what they're going to be doing with their roster. Um, so they, they probably will make roster changes with the pieces they have. Um, as to whether they'll go out and and trade for a player, that's kind of the big question. Um, I don't know. Right now, I just see them using different permutations of the lineups that they have, which is why I went with giving Insanity a chance with the with the kind of like duo veteran top. Um but I, I think they themselves have already said like, yeah, we're we're definitely open to change because right now we're just trying anything, which is not great. Or like that's the impression I get from from their social media and also like in game decisions. So Someone can correct me if I'm wrong there, but uh, it's not a great direction to have because it's not really taking any sort of direction, if that makes sense. And it's also not like a ton of new talent is getting a shot on the LCS lineup. So it's not even that you're breaking in like rookies or anything. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think they're I think they are open to change. It's just a matter of whether you think they'll actually trade for players or not. Or they'll they'll pick up someone like Golden Glue to to Jacob's point, who's available. 
I believe that they're open to change, but I feel like their their initial roster was always kind of broken fundamentally, just from the state of Smithy and Soaz. Soaz in this point in his career. Now I'm not talking about long term Soaz. I think Soaz and Smithy at this point in their career, they're both very much uh, they're like comparing to like a real sport, like, like a real traditional sport like basketball. Like they're point guards. They they know how to pass the ball. They're not going to score you a lot of points. But in the right hands, they know where to get the ball. Smithy knows where to get the ball for someone to, to shoot and score. When you look at the Immortals roster, none of these know these guys know how to shoot. So it's already a fundamentally broken problem where they don't they can't just go out there and get you know a very they can't just go get an ace player out of nowhere. Maybe they could get a wild turtle if possible. Maybe if you know FlyQuest goes with Mash or. I think right now all they can really do is build for the future, and that's why I think the easiest way for them to do that, logically, is to just go try to get trade Dick Smithy for someone like a Vol, trade him for a young mid laner that might suck this split, but you can you know trust in him. And maybe if everything works out, he can turn into like a Larson type player, where like Larson got a lot of he was very hyped up, had a lot of expectations on his shoulders, performed pretty well his first year, and now finally, after a year of kind of seasoning and being in the LEC, we're starting to see him as a superstar player who's been just destroying people his first two weeks. So I really hope they would find a player, be it evolved, be it someone, a Powell Fox, or a young player that really hasn't been giving a shine, give them a shine, and just kind of just trust in them to be that building block, because... Dave Thomas, for all the stuff we want to talk about, at least they're building around John Son. And even though they didn't want to build around John Son, they wanted Sneaky, and that whole thing fell apart, and it was kind of thrust upon them. Yeah. At least now they have someone to build upon, where I don't see the foundation blocks for Immortals, where I think there's a very likely change. We go into 2021, free agency night, and we're just sitting there being like, huh, I guess they're going to have to blow everything up and try again with another import signing, so... We'll see what it does. Uh, listen, the more activity on free yeah. agency night, the better for, <laughs> thanks, for us. Yeah, yeah, thanks, Immortals, for the content. Really appreciate it. You were you were great for us last year when you gave us the surprise X Smithy signing. Let's see what you do for us this year. Really appreciate it, IMT. And not on the show, damn it. Do it faster, guys. Come on. It was, uh, it was like it was like fifteen minutes, wasn't it? Wasn't it yeah, like yeah. like immediately yeah, I, after? I like came out. Of, I came out of the studio, yelled at the top of my lungs uh, how excited I was, and then ten minutes later got Spin and X Smithy like back to back, and was just like, "Oh, those would have been great to have for the show. Fantastic!" So, uh, all right, yeah, that was that was a good time. So, uh, yeah, I I don't think we're gonna see a major change this summer. I do think that we're gonna see something in the off season. I think that, especially like, I think that. There needs to be a turnover in coaching, as as I said, um, and so I don't think something like that would happen midseason. Um, but I mean, everybody on this team is signed through twenty twenty one. I just went and looked just to be curious. So like, they've got to honor these contracts or pay them, pay some of them out, or break them, or whatever their termination clauses are. So I mean, yeah, it's not easy to get rid of these players, but I do think that uh, I do think it. that they. Uh, I do think that they need to get uh, get them get them out and kind of start start anew. And I, I don't think people. there's I don't think there's any time. To, <laughs> I don't think there's any way to do that except in uh, except in so the off season. You mentioned Sven earlier. Uh, this brings us to C nine. Really quick on this because we've already uh, Tyler and I touched up on this on our hates. But basically, the question I want to ask here is. It already feels, I know that Tyler, you kind of intimated that you don't believe necessarily that they will go undefeated this split. 
We talked about it a lot in spring split. They only lost one game in the regular season. But I don't know. When I look at it, I already have that feeling. And I know that it's very early in the split. I know that there's only been a few games played. But, Jacob, I already have that feeling in the pit of my stomach that this team's going 18-0. I don't think so. And I'm trying to think, and I know we have this one in the rundown, I'm trying to think who they would lose to. Golden Guardians gave them a good shot. I mean, Golden yeah. Guardians played pretty well. I think they could I think that they could I lose think... this team. I think they could lose this Team Liquid, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, Team Liquid. Uh, I think like, Brock's on a good day. Yeah. I think Liquid is inconsistent, which is part of the reason they lost so heavily to EG. But I don't think that they're bad. I actually think... And I think that there will be a taunt. There's always, there's always a game. And we've seen it with every strong team, even a Mortals but roster even... of old, that they just they just break one game. Just one singular game. And I, and I think that could be to Liquid uh, and, of all teams. Emily, I mean, like, I think... Oh no, go. I was just going to say like last split Emily they 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 lost that one game cuz they were experimenting. Like it really fe- like they basically Did dominated. They? Yeah, they were they were trying different picks that they weren't normally. I I don't have exact picks off the top of my head, but I remember they were doing these experiments especially near the end of the season and they were still winning even though they were I mean, I think, having fun. I think TSM won their game fair and square in terms of uh in terms of like actually beating C9, I think that was a fair win. But um, when I look at like uh, the some of the like, I think EG can still beat them if they draft uh, not a losing mid like a like a Cassidin. Um, and also like this this C9 comp is basically like insane ranged poke where uh they just kind of push eg like back to their side of the map pretty pretty constantly um even the even the volibear pick which is again as i mentioned a strong leaner um i think the the big thing for me for c9 is that i actually think they've shown like they're, they're still like a really really strong team right but i think they've shown more uh, gaps in their play than they did uh, obviously towards the end of last season, which makes sense because it's at the end of the season and they're, even if they're experimenting, they're still kind of ramping up and they're retaining that momentum. Um, I think EG could beat them. I think TL could beat them. I think TSM, if they like, I know we uh, people might not be as um, forgiving of TSM just because the expectations that come in, um, I even think, like, depending on what the bot lane situa- situation is and how stable they are, I think FlyQuest could also give them a run for mm. their money, actually. Um, like, I think there are teams that have the talent in NA. I think the main issue is that C9 is so good at working together as a unit, and from draft, they seem to have a really good idea of what they want to play. So even if they are, as you said, experimenting towards the the end of the split, like, um, the, the Pantheon draft that they had against Golden Guardians on like a Monday night league. That was kind of the most experimental thing. I remember them kind of locking in last spring. Uh, they, they have a very clear identity of like what they want that composition to do. Right. And that's super important going into a game. Like I can't understate how important that is actually because right now there's a lot of talk around draft, especially around the bot lane and the fact that you have to, Van Vane on red side and what does that do for 80 carry picks? And I think that's all like really valid discussion, 
But I all, and it's it's also happening in LPL. So LPL is not exempt from this. One thing I think LPL teams do super well is that some of their drafts are quote unquote objectively bad in a vacuum, but they make sense for the context of the team and they make sense for how those champions work together and they have a very clear cut identity of what that composition is supposed to do. And I think C9, regardless of what they're locking in, has that I like has that as well, right? Like look at the the Jace Olaf Karma. Yeah. Ezreal Yumi comp, that's like a, a great poke composition, plus the Yumi, which you can not only use with your like solo lanes and your AD carry, but you pop it on the Olaf and that Olaf is like invincible and moves really fast. So, um, you know, I think it's a matter of the team that goes up against C9 that's going to beat them in a best of one because it are a single game because it is single games. Um, I don't think they'll go undefeated. The, the main issue is that that team has to be on point from draft to execution, and they have to have the mechanical talent. And that's something that I can only see, again, like I think FlyQuest, EG, uh, TSM, and, and TL are your best bets. Um, but that that's the issue when I talk about like beating C9, is that you have to have everything line up, really clear-cut draft identity from the get-go, know how to execute it, and that's how you're going to beat them. 10 seconds or less, pick the second best team in the LCS and why. Tyler, let's start with you. Right now, I would say FlyQuest, but at the end of the split, it will be Team Liquid. And why? Oh, because I feel like by the end of the season, the Team Liquid will actually get their inconsistencies together. I think Froxa will become more accustomed to North America and his team, and I think by the end of the season, they will be not only the strongest team outside of C9, but they will also be the most coordinated because I believe in core JJ and Broxa to lead the team. Jacob? Yeah, I don't disagree, actually. I, I think that FlyQuest is the second best team in the LCS right now. I think that li- I have a lot of faith in Liquid sort of making a little bit of a comeback as, as a roster. I like. I think that they had circumstances out of their control last, uh, last year. They had, uh, obviously, they had with Jungle, with Broxa not being able to come in, and I think Double Lift is unmotivated for the majority of the split. So, I, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to sort of see them bounce back now with Tactical, who's hungry and wants to get some Ws, and uh, Broxa, who no longer uh, has any issues getting into the country. Emily? I also think it's going to be TL by the end of the season, but I think right now it's actually EG. Even with the, the C9 loss, I think people are, like, looking at that loss, and they're like, wow, they got their, like, face handed to them, you know? Like, they got stomped. Um but that is against the best team in NA, and I still think that currently EG are the second-best team right now. But I also agree that it's going to be TL by the end of the split. All right, let's move on to the LEC. Lots of topics there as well, including G2, who look to be back in form. They defeated Rogue this past weekend. Still not first in the standings, but it looks from all intents and purposes that they're just going to be going back to battling for that top spot once again in the LEC. Uh, what are we making of this G2 team? And also, let's have a conversation about how we feel that this G2 team in this iteration, with the role swap going back the way it is, how would they compete internationally? How do we feel their chances would be at, at, at say, a Worlds? Tyler, why don't we start with you on this one? I mean, G2 is who we thought they were. We, 
like last week it was like a one two start of the split, and I think everyone cast was like, yeah, they're still gonna win them. They're still gonna be in the finals. They're still more likely than not to win the LEC. And it's happened again, where another week, some actual practice under their belt after not getting much practice during the off season, and they look like the LEC champions that we know and love. Uh, I think Calf back in his natural role is a big boon for the team. He is an excellent mid. You know, he still has his craps days, and, but I think we will see a lot more claps, more than craps this split. And even so, when he has those games where he's off, you have players like Yankos, Wonder, and Perks to kind of lift him up, which is what you want in a championship team. But I think the greatest strength of this lineup, and it has been, is is Perks. I mean, Perks, I'm not, there's nothing against Caps. Caps was not a bad AD carry. He was still a top 5 AD carry, but I don't think anyone would say he was one of the best. Perks at his best, when he's in a comfortable position as an AD carry, is one of the deadliest players in the entire league. The Chinese fans called him Poozy. That was his nickname. That is his nickname. They call him Poozy because he's so good, not only in lane, but outside of lane as well. Just, he's a dominant force. Just looking at this past weekend, he was dominating in lane. His CDS differential at 10 minutes is 13 plus. That's incredible. He is a monster in lane, and him being there instead of caps just gives his team another facet, another weapon that they didn't have beforehand. So, What's, what can they do? We kind of saw what they did. They won MSI and they made the finals of the World Championships versus a FPX team that they couldn't get over the hump. I think this G2 team can certainly win Worlds, and as they keep growing and going and going, I hope we can see them mature more into a team that... I want to see Perks kind of evolve as an AD carry. I think he's a very good AD carry right now. He's a world-class AD carry, but we saw his limitations last year at Worlds. If he can fix on those limitations and open his pool up more and feel more comfortable and more champions, this team has no limit. This team can definitely just run through World Championships if they can get that one thing fixed. Anything to add? They're very good. Nothing for me. I, mean, yeah, I, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't worried at all about G2 because of all the extenuating circumstances. Like, yeah. I think uh, we saw, again, like um, you could say that Schalke is an easier opponent, but then they beat Rogue, right, who were oh, looking yeah. like really you know, they, were, they were undefeated before this. So, um, I mean, I agree with with perks. I like Caps being back in the mid lane. I thought his TF was great. I love the fact that TF is back in the meta because you can see how different mid laners approach using that champion, and he is uh, offers a lot uh, in terms of side lane pressure and how you can set up skirmishes. So um, it was really nice to see Caps on that as well. I mean, I I wasn't. I don't think any of us were super concerned about G two in terms of the fact so, that they're still the best team in Europe. What about Fnatic, then? They go 0-2 this weekend, chat saying they didn't look so good. Oh, uh, Fnatic! They tilt me so much. Oh, God. Why? I feel like every, every, every time I start... Yeah, every time I start believing in Fnatic, they let me down. Um, no, I think uh, I think the the main issues I see with Fnatic this past week is that they really tunneled on the Soraka... Uh, bot lane pick and if you're going to do that I feel like not only do you need a strong carry jungle pick which they did have um and and I thought self-made played well in both of their games actually I love self-made I think he is really good um I think that the other issue is that you kind of need uh another carry in mid lane and despite the fact that uh 
Joseph Faith has typically been like a nemesis pick, right? Something he's been known for historically. He has, they, they've, they've tunneled on that, uh, last week and this week, and he hasn't looked as dominant on that pick, um, as he has previously. And then the echo was not great either against Origin. So, um, I think they need to figure out if they are going to be tunneling on that Soraka pick, which I would rather them not do at all, but if they're going to stick with it, um, then they need to figure out what they want to do in the mid lane to supplement the carry damage that they're expecting from self-made, uh, from self-made as well. Um, you know, we had the question in the LCS part of the show, uh, who is the best team other than C9 in in the LCS? Well, who's the best team in the LEC besides G2? If we want to give them more credit than their standings would tell them, I think it's Mad Lions based off that Fnatic game. Uh, Mad Lions are, and I know we're going to talk about them next, but like Mad Lions are impressing the hell out of me. They, and I, I'm like all about it. Love Mad Lions. Let's go, Karzy and company. Yeah, they look great. Uh, well, let's talk about it. Mad Lions and Rogue. Which team is better? Uh, lots of rookies to talk about there. Which team has developed their talent better since the start of the spring? Tyler, if you were to pick one, which one would it be? I know I should say Mad Lions. I feel like I think everything points to Mad Lions. I think I think the universe is telling me to pick Mad Lions, but I've... I've been steadfast with Rogue. I've been through the bad times with Rogue. I've been there for the good times. And I'm going to go with Rogue because I'm not giving up on them just yet. I'm, I see Larson. I see the potential in him. I, I, I see Han Sala playing confidently. And when this team is playing confidently and they can get through that mid-game without screwing up, they are as strong as anyone in the LEC not named G2 because G2 is just ridiculous and they're kind of at a tier of their own when they're playing at their best. But I really like this Rogue team. I still believe in them. I know the Mad Lions are the sexier pick. I know Karzy and Shadow, they're such they're playing so well and they they're less experienced, so they're they're there's more you know, it's they're the shinier toy than Rogue who've been in the league longer. But I still I still believe in Rogue deep down. I still think they're gonna make worlds. If I had to pick between the two I would still go with Rogue, maybe not from the brain, but from the heart. I believe in these guys so much. Larson, Finn, Vander, Hans, Inspired. These are my guys. I'm going to ride with them to the end. I'm going with Rogue. You guys should pick Mad Lions. I don't care. Rogue for left forever. They're going to Worlds, baby. No one can stop them. Maybe Mad Lions, but not today. I'm picking Rogue. Remember when Tyler said he was going to get an eSports tattoo? I think we know what it is now. <laughs> I mean, the Rogue logo isn't terrible. No, the Rogue logo is Like, there are a lot worse logos. You can have yeah. tattooed on your body. Not logos. I, I know for a fact that there are some Rogue staff that watch watch this show and have messaged me during this show before, so uh, I'm sure they're loving Tyler's uh, fanboyness over here of Rogue. Huh. Get, get that, uh, get the... Go on, you non-believers. Go pick Mad Lions. Go pick your, your second... <laughs> uh, Shadow and Karzy and and Kaiser, ooh, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2. We, yes, Spider-Man uh, 2. Uh, we, we talked about Fnatic already, so I'm just going to uh, move up that topic before we end on the little trivia segment that we have prepared here. Uh, Origin, let's add them to the conversation here. Fnatic and Origin, are either of these teams worthy to be second place right now in the LEC? How are we feeling about Origin in particular? We talked about Fnatic and their chances uh, to be the penultimate team in this league right now. Uh, Jacob, do you, are, are you feeling Origin and what they're putting down right now? Not at all. No. 
Like, I, under, I understand they picked up two two wins this week and over Origin over Fnatic as well. And but XL is damn it XL. Like I remember free agency night. I had so much <laughs> hype. I was like, they got Young Book. They uh, they got Norskaren. This could go okay. They got Patrick on free agency night, if you remember, which is why we talked about it. I had so much faith that XL would actually be somewhat competitive, and I just don't like. I just don't feel that way anymore. So I, yeah, I like. I don't know. Origin is still the team to me that like. Yeah, they could compete with anyone in the league, G two included. But like, they just they're just not gonna get there when it matters. And I like, I don't believe in Nuke Duck. Uh, I've said that before. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. No, I don't think either deserves to be second place. Uh, I think by the end of the this, this split, we may, if it's not Fnatic in second place, it actually may be Mad Lions in second place with G2 in first. That's my, 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 or Rogue, how about that? Anybody disagree? Tyler, Emily, disagree or agree on, uh, Origin? Anything to add there? I mean, I think Origin are like, like people like to really write off Origin, and I'm not really sure why. Like Alfari is still having like a career year; like he's actually insane. I think Upset is really good, and this is a good meta for him. Um, I think Xerxy has found his new. Like we see uh, Origin kind of do a similar thing. Like you know how I was talking about. Oh, Fnatic really love to focus on like one bot lane pick for Reckless, right? And you can trace this back. Like I feel like. Xerxes likes to focus on like one jungle pick, a split, uh, that he really loves. And the jungle set, I've actually really liked coming out of them. I've liked a lot of their earlier, uh, early proactivity that we've seen out of them where like, I feel like people write them off as this kind of like super boring team when they're not really, despite the fact that they make a lot of mistakes mid game that drag games out, which, which leads to that, that kind of, um, assessment of their team. So I actually, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily think that they're the definite number two in Europe right now, but I also think that people are looking at other teams because they might be like more exciting or more explosive. Uh, but I, I think Origin are fine. Like I, I still think they're one of the top teams in Europe. So I just want to throw that out there because I feel like people just love to dunk on Origin a lot. Um, some of it deserved in terms of like the, the management stuff that's come out with the Astralis group, but I think uh, I think that or- this Origin team, like in the LEC, uh, still has the potential to be quite good, despite the fact that I don't see the same like insane potential ceiling that I do of like a Mad Lions, because I feel like we haven't seen as as much of their players to say like where they land. If that makes sense. Yeah. So this is how we're going to end the Rift Rewind. Normally, uh, every single week, we had been doing trivia on Fridays. And now we're moving trivia. Starting next week, we will be moving the date for trivia to Tuesdays. Immediately after Rift Rewind, we're going to go into trivia mode. And all of you in chat can join us. Uh, if you have been part of trivia with us in the past, you know how it works. Everybody in chat can participate. It's a whole ton of fun. Uh, it's It's a great vibe. And, uh, we get all, it's usually in two parts. We get questions from our stats and information group, what we call SIG. And then we also send out a survey where people fill it out anonymously, family feud style. It's a lot of fun. So that's going to start next week. But what we're going to do here is we're going to do a special trivia style segment. Uh, unfortunately, chat, you can, you can feel free to throw your answers in the chat. There's no extension for this one, but we're going to play guess who. LEC edition. So I'm uh, our producer Jarrett is going to throw up 
a uh, a board with statistics. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to read it out loud as soon as he uh, throws it up on screen. Uh, There's going to be four different people, and I'm going to read the statistics, and you're Mm going to have to guess who the person is. Here is our first. LEC Summer 2020 Split Week 2. This person had an 8, 2, and 11 KDA. Their gold per minute was 377. Their KP percentage was 68.8%. And their damage percentage was 16.3%. Who is it? This is going to be really hard. If you, if you, you gotta guess, you gotta give us just a, any name. Alright, alright, alright. And so, chat, throw your answer in the, in the chat, please. Alright, let me throw one again real quick. KDA is 8, 2, and 11. Gold permitted is 377. KP percentage is 68.8%. Damage percentage is 163 Do not Google. Yeah, I don't think you could Google that anyway, but. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so, so, 16%. That is, that means it's a jungler. So we can, we can, it's most like, most likely a jungler. Cause supports are usually around like 10, it's like usually like 12% or below. And carries are usually much higher. So 16% of the damage share usually means it's a jungler of some sort. Uh, what was their KDA? 8, 2, and 11. 8, 2, and 11. Uh, a shadow? Yeah, I think it might be. If I had to guess, it'd be someone who did well. Uh, I would, I would say I'm, I'll go with Yankos. I'm just gonna go with Yankos. I'm gonna go with Yankos. I think 16% is pretty high for a jungler, but I'm gonna go with Yankos. That's my pick. I think I'm, uh, Jacob's going with Shadow. Get, I'm also gonna go with Yankos because I'm pretty sure Shadow had like 11 kills in one of their games. Mm. All right, let's reveal, Jarrett. Who is this mystery person with these statistics? We're all wrong. It's going to be someone else. No, actually, uh, Emily and Tyler, you were correct. It is Yankos. Such a five man. So <laughs> smart. So good at this. Uh, Had a 9.5 KDA in week it, two, yeah. yeah. It was the damn percentage. The damn percentage yeah. basically it whittled it down to a jungler because anyone below, anything under 16 or like anything under like 12% to support anything above like 20% has to be like a mid top. When you, when you put, when you put that damage percentage versus the KDA, right? The fact that yeah. they're like around and participating yeah. in all, in a lot of kills, yeah. right? Like it's high it, KDA. It, yeah. yeah. It was good. that yeah. shadow had 13 assists in one game. That's mm, why I was okay. like, I knew he had a really high number and I'm looking it up now. It's, he went four one and thirteen against Team Vitality. That's that's the only reason why I knew it wasn't Shadow. All right, let's go to mystery person number two. We'll get there momentarily. We can see the stats of this particular person. It's all Europe, right? On your screen, yeah. This is yeah, all, all LEC. LEC. This is all LEC. Uh, this person had a uh, two two and sixteen KDA in week two. Three. Yep, two okay. two sixteen. So, so, so support jungler. Support, yeah. yeah I was yeah. gonna say three ninety eight gold per minute. Mm-hmm. Twenty one and a half damage percentage. So jungler, it's a jungler. And sixty seven point two percent KP percentage. Mm, yeah, it's a jungler. Well, what? So it's either a jungler what was, or what was the KDA again? Two two sixteen. Sixteen. So he. So it could be shadow. Did I mean it? Could be shadow. It could be shadow, right? 
if you're saying he had 13 assists in the game, um, it could be a top liner. Like, what? Did, how, how? What was the damage percentage? Like 20 something, right? 21.5. 21. So that's like the lower Wait. end. That's the lower end of a. Is it um, actually like? Wait, what? Sorry, repeat the KDA one more time. Two uh, and sixteen. Uh, yes. Okay. I'm gonna. Huh. I, I, I'm, I'm gonna go off. I'm gonna go on a flyer here, and I'm gonna say, uh, um, uh, uh, let's go. Oh, Rome, the the Mad Lions top laner. That's my guess. I'm gonna think. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. That's that's like my shot in the dark. Because I know he doesn't get. He's. He get he doesn't get a lot of kills. He gets a lot of assists. Twenty one percent is high for a jungler, and it's pretty. And twenty one percent is usually like like a pretty supportive top laner. So I'm gonna go with a top laner, and I think he had a. Pr- and I think Mad Lions had a good week. And I don't think they're gonna do wonder twice. I don't think they're gonna do back to back G two players. So I'm gonna go with him. That's my pick. Any other guesses? Rome too. Actually, thinking about it, I was thinking because a lot of there a lot of teams went one and one this week, so it would like their kill their death number should, would probably be higher if they lost a game. Mad Lions went two and zero, so it makes more sense to me. All right, well, uh, yeah, only- I have no idea. I was gonna go like a five head answer and go with like Kaiser or something, mm-hmm. but he, had, he has two Kaiser, many- yeah. Also, right, damage percentage. It's damage is way yeah. too high. Well, let's he re- did. He did play Wukong uh, support. Which let's is why reveal. We're gonna do the reveal right now. Only one person in chat got this correct. So congratulations to Ego Tim, who correctly guessed SK Gaming's Zazzy as the oh, answer. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah. There he is, two two sixteen KDA for the week. Yeah, so I like this though. I like the way you guys are parsing this information down though. This is this is very very interesting. That's pretty low. Yeah, that's pretty low. This, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. All right, we're gonna get set for our third mm. player here. Uh, I will give you a very quick hint on this one. This player does not play for G two or SK. Okay, that's the only hint I'm gonna give you. All right. All right. So, so you huge hint there. Doing okay. Different teams. All right, all right got it. <laughs> he got this. All right, this person had a KDA of zero seven and seven in week right. two. So, okay. So no kills. Yep, fifty eight point three percent kill participation percentage. Right. For support. So support. Or top laner. Seven CS per minute. Yeah, it's a support. So support. Yeah. Twenty-one and a half percent damage percentage. Oh, well, that's, what that sounds the, like a what top laner. K- what was the KD again? Zero seven and seven. Zero seven and seven. Is this Whippo? Yeah, I that's was, what I was gonna think. I was like, it's Whippo. It feels like Whippo. Yeah, it's definitely Whippo. It feels like Whippo. Actually, yeah, it's Whippo. Feels like Whippo. We should reveal, I think, yeah, whether or not that was that was a very very fast answer and a very oh, good answer. It oh, was okay. in fact Whippo. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Oh, very well Whippo. done on that one. Because I knew I mean, that. I knew because I, I looked at Fnatic's stats earlier during the Fnatic segment, and he has like ninety percent of the team's deaths. Reckless has only died once this split, and Selfie died like three I times. I just knew he didn't get any kills this. Split, yeah, so I was like, okay. I know he's died a bunch. And I was 50, thinking it was yeah. the support, but yeah, his damage yeah. center was too high for his support, and it's the yeah. If you have that yeah. low kill participation, it's usually a top laner. 
because of the island. Yeah. Well, so I, I, I'll as, we, as Jared, Jared, go ahead and post the last one. And as he does that, our producer behind the scenes, uh, that was very fast. Yeah. Well done. Like you, y- y'all just boom, super cool. quick. That was me. I give all, my, that's all I've been, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Tyler, Tyler gives credit to himself. All right. Here's of course, the fourth. I was on the first. All right. Let's see if you get this one. Uh, this one. Oh, very impressive KDA in week two. 19 to a nine is the KDA. Wow. Okay. Gold per minute is 456. Mm. CS per minute is 8.8. 8. Mm. And KP percentage is 93%. 93% kill participation. 93. Is there no damage percentage with this one? Nope. So it's someone who had a very good week. Um, A humanoid? Humanoid was really good this weekend. Ninety-three. I was going to say upset, but I don't think upset has the KP. I know uh, he has something similar. So, um, so he's mm, what's the goal per minute? It was like four hundred something, right? GPM Arda goal per minute. Goal per minute is four fifty-six. All right, so it's someone who had a really good weekend. So you have Mad Lines, you have G two. Uh, they could be tricking us. So someone who has had a really good weekend on, on a one on one team. Uh, nineteen the kill kills. G two. The kill participation is a big thing. The ni- so well, it was nineteen what and what? Is it nuke? Two and nine. Nineteen two and nine. I think it's um, nuke. I think I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna uh, guess Nukeduck. I will lock mm. in my answer as Mad Lions Karzy. Mm. Jacob, what are you locking your answer in as? Not a humanoid originally, but I think it could be an origin player. I just don't know if it's upset or if it's. Oh, yeah, it could be. It could be upset too. I think upset's KP isn't there though, but I think, I think it's. Mm, I'm, gonna say, I'm gonna say I'm Karzy though. If it's upset I'm, though, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say upset. Okay, so Jacob is agreeing with Flashy, who is one of our longtime chat members who also has been spamming upset in the chat. And correctly, by the way, it is upset. Ah, he did have the KP. Oh, yeah, I thought it was Karzy. It's a carry, 100%. Yeah, it's a carry. carry. I was thinking Nukeduck because Nukeduck had a really good good week. And I think he played Corky, which poops out damage, so. Humanoid also was a good answer. Humanoid's been killing it this split, so. Yeah. So if you've enjoyed, uh, if you enjoy trivia in general and you like to see our panelists get completely tilted as trivia goes on, please join us Tuesdays. Actually, I do get tilted by the, the general public's answer. I was going to say, yeah. wait a second. Yeah. Wait we, we, just we a second. We all mauled a little times. bit. At different yeah. times. Yeah, yeah. 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 There's, there's yeah. definitely malding happening at some points, but different points. Yeah. Uh, every right. Tuesday, the trivia night for ESPN Esports has now moved. After Rift Rewind, you just stick around. If you want to play against our panelists, you can. You, it, it's a lot of fun. That's going to start next week. So thank you for at, uh, continuing to ask. And now you have an answer. Before we go, uh, let's just talk week three. What matches are we looking forward to, no matter what region it is? Any ones that you're circling on the calendar that you're really uh, hoping to uh, watch and enjoy this weekend? Just throw them out. What, what matches are we looking forward to? I'm, I'm going to pull up the schedule now. I'm going to pick some myself. Yeah, pull what, matches are we, what matches are we really um, pumped about? I'm Mad Lions Origin for me. Ah. Mm. Uh, Mad Lions Origin, so that one is going to and, be on and Friday. Mad, and, and Mad Lions and Rogue. 
Both which are so that's a good. So this is a good like yeah, mid tier LEC weekend. Mad Lions and Rogue is going to be really good. Um, if they beat them both, I think they're the second best team in the LEC. You, you know what? The um, CLG FlyQuest only because this will be a good test for CLG, right? Like, yeah. yes. I, I I like I I do want to see how good CLG does against the team of the pedigree of FlyQuest at this point. Now that they've had a couple wins under their belt and they're feeling a little confident, how are they going to do against a team like FlyQuest? I, I'm interested. My pick. Oh, no, no, go, go, go. Oh, uh, I'm I'm looking at LCK because I usually find my marquee matchups there. It's not really a marquee matchup. This week, there's no really big marquee matchups. Uh, probably the one I'm most interested, weirdly enough, is tonight is Team Dynamics versus Show Prince. Both of these teams are, I don't think they're world's contenders, but both of them have a very unique feel to them. They both play the game pretty quickly. Uh, Show Prince, in particular, are very much a joy to watch. They play a very psychotic style that you would not normally see in the LCK. And both teams have some really interesting players that I want to, like, key on. For Dynamics, it's Rich, who is known as the Heroes of the Storm Faker. Uh, if you don't know Heroes of the Storm, it is a MOBA game developed by Blizzard. That esports scene died about two years ago when Blizzard pulled the plug. Uh, Rich then decided he was he was the undisputed goat of that game, decided that he was going to turn to League of Legends and play that game full-time, and in less than two years, he's now playing the LCK kind of as the ace player of this new Team Dynamics team. His Aatrox is amazing. as it, he's, he's actually featured in the LCK opening that I mentioned earlier as the Aatrox player. Uh, it's a really interesting team made up of a lot of, you know, these kooky veterans that you kind of have forgotten, like Googer and Kuzon and Beyond. It's a Really fun team to watch, and I really want to see Rich kind of grow his story, kind of going from Heroes of the Storm to um, um, League of Legends. And then Show Prince is just really cool. Like, they got Mickey. Like, Mickey is their starting mid laner now, and there's no more coin-flippy, psychotic player than Mickey. But then you also have Hybrid, who is a pentakill machine. Hybrid is very much talked about in, like, from the LCK fans as, like, the next Teddy, as that, you know, low, low-tier low team ace AD carry that if he finds the right team for him, be it on Show Prince or on a new team, he could really be that all-star player in the LCK. So those the two teams are really interesting to me. They both could be playoff teams if things break right, and I kind of want to see which one's better tonight. So that should be a really fun matchup. Nice. I love Team Dynamics. Um, I was going to point to Thursday in the LPL, uh, we have RNG versus Victory 5, which if you followed RNG and Victory 5 last split, you're like, why are you recommending me a Victory 5 game? They're terrible. But Victory 5 are currently, standings-wise, a top team in the LPL. Um, they had a, a roster, like, overhaul, and their new bot lane uh, of Samdi, who's a former, um, uh, I keep wanting to say Samsung trainee, he's a former Gen G bot lane trainee, and PP God, who is their support, they are insane together, and they just have, like, really good synergy. It's a really young bot lane. They're super fun to watch. They're going up against an RNG team that has looked really good. They make a lot of mistakes, but they're they're kind of, like, feeling out how they want to play in, like, a post-UZI world. They've been really fun to watch. I think uh, Xiaolong Bao is finally finding his place on the team, where he struggled a lot in spring. Um so that's going to be a good matchup. And then we're going to have a banger of a time with FPX versus IG, 
which Ooh. I think if you've been following them at all this year, they're the most frustrating team to watch. Rookies on fire though. They rookies. just lost. Yeah, they just lost to LGD last night. Um, rookie has been playing like out of his mind. We have no idea what kind of the shy is going to show up. Um, we have no idea what kind of Ning is going to show up. He's actually had some really good games. And he's had some really terrible games, which is, like, pretty pretty on-brand for Ning. And then you have this, like, uh, not rookie bot lane, but Puffin Southwind. They were on Vichy last year. They came up. They they slotted on IG really well in spring, and IG drafted really well around them. Um, and they performed super well. In fact, I think they performed, like, so far above expectations. People are now, like, being overly harsh on them, I think. I think they're fine. I don't think they're, like, amazing. I think South, Southwind is a little bit better than Puffer. He has a little bit more potential in his role, I think. But um, they've been super inconsistent. But when they've pulled out some of these team fights, like, in true IG in infuriating fashion, it's amazing to watch. Like, just mechanically amazing to watch. And then you have FPX, who are uh, finding their place with Khan, actually. Like, I still think Khan has some of the uh, hallmarks and, and issues that we've seen from him with other teams regarding teleport timing or the fact that like if there's that juicy wave in the side lane, he's always going to go for it regardless of what's going on on the map. And it might end up really great, but it also might end up costing his team something on the map. But he's looked a lot more coordinated with FPX uh, this summer. And I want Join me to pull out the middle sticks or something fun. <laughs> um, and I just think that's going to be like a very bloody like, very aggressive, highly entertaining match. So all of Thursday and LPL is really what I'm circling on my calendar as, like, must-watch League of Legends. All right, that'll do it for us here on Rift Rewind. But, of course, we do know the main event of this weekend will be on Sunday when C9 plays Immortals. What a irresistible force meeting an immovable object what right there. What a fun game. Premier, L- Premier LCS. Premier LCS. What a fun game. Oh my that, kid. We should do a watch party and we should just react. Wow. What day is that? It's Sunday. Sunday, Sunday June twenty eighth. I know what I know what I know what day I know Valorant on that time. I'm gonna be watching Valorant. I'm not I was about to say I know I know which day I can sleep in then. Yeah, but, I'm watching uh, the T one ignition series. Yeah, on, on so will Sunday. I actually. I will be yeah. also. Yeah, I'll be watching the that. finals of that. I'm gonna watch I'm gonna be listening to SEMO. I'm not gonna be watching Let's go, SEMO. Wow. All right. All right. That does it for us on the show. <laughs> thanks for watching and thanks for listening. If you're listening to us in podcast form, don't forget every single Tuesday, 630 p.m. Eastern. This is our League of Legends program. And starting next week, trivia will follow. Enjoy the week, everybody. Good vibes.